0: Hey there.
1: How's it
0: going, hey there. How's it going, everybody? This is Ethan Lee of For Whom the Cowbell Tolls. You are listening to the first ever live recorded episode of For Whom the Podcast Tolls. Um, this is the official podcast of For Whom the Cowbell Tolls, so on and so forth. This is Mississippi State's official SB Nation podcast. Um, I am your host. You get spit up with me. This is going to be a very special episode of For Whom the Podcast Rolls. We are getting a special guest on board in just a second. Um, if I ever get this to work. This is not working. Okay. Let's see. It's not working. Hey there, Rufus. Are you there? Yeah, let's try this. Hey, Rufus, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. How's it going? Oh, man, it's going good, man. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. We are actually on air right now. For whatever reason, we had a couple of technical difficulties. Kind of weird. Did not expect that. But for all of our listeners that are listening in, this is Rufus Warren on the line. He's a former Mississippi State offensive lineman. He was a tight end to start his career. Uh, Rufus, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, man, appreciate you for having me, man.
0: Yeah. Okay, so before we get into some nitty-gritty football stuff, looking at the game and such, what are you up to these days? I hear you're a coach out in Columbus now. How is that going for you?
1: Oh, yeah, man, I'm over in Columbus. Um, I'm the uh, assistant coach for uh, New Hope down um, outside of Columbus. I'm working with the um, offensive line and the tight ends. Um, and I'm also um, an assistant teacher over there, um, and it's been going good, man. We 2-0. We and We have a big game tomorrow. We play Columbus tomorrow, so I'll be um, coaching up against Tobias um, Smith's team, and um, we're very excited, man. We're going to try to go 3-0 and tomorrow. Dude, that's awesome. Okay, so you know,
0: looking into some football stuff, let's switch gears a little bit. You wanted to talk mm-hmm. football on a podcast. We're on a podcast. Um, so the <laughs> biggest thing, the biggest thing pertaining to Mississippi State football that everybody's curious about is going to be who is the starting quarterback for this season. Can you break down the quarterback battle and who do you ultimately expect to be the starter for the Bulldogs?
1: Um, just looking at both guys and me having to take snaps from both guys, it was it, it was kind of a hard little thought that I had in my head about it. And um, I can actually see uh, Damian Williams taking snaps first uh, because he okay. because he's Damian is a rare breed, and what I mean by rare is because Damian he's a leader and he's tough and 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 he's very tough. Nick, it's the same exact way, but I think that yeah. because Damian have had some big game experiences and that he that he he have done very very well and um, training camp, I think Damien would take the first now.
0: Okay. That's not something that a lot of fans want to hear. Everybody's really hyped up on <laughs> Nick Fitzgerald right now. But I'm yeah. it kind of right there with you. You know, I saw Damian Williams, uh, that touchdown that he had in the spring game. It just really caught my eye. So,
1: Right, because, um, the, like, he he has a wonderful arm, you know, and um, – yeah. And, and just from what I was hearing, how how well he was doing in the offseason and coming into camp and stepping up and um, making plays and stuff during the um, scrimmages during training camp, I honestly think that it's going to be a battle. And I think that it's okay. wonderful that we have a, a battle with two good quarterbacks. But honestly, yeah. I just think that Daniel would take that first snap and Nick Fitzgerald will come in and Nick can manage the game just as well as Daniel can. So it's great that we have two good quarterbacks um, that can replace Dak. And that was the hardest thing is trying to see who was going to replace Dak. And instead of having one quarterback that can replace Dak, I feel like as an offense we can have two quarterbacks, kind of kind of like how Muller had it when he was at Florida.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um...
0: You know, another big position of interest for a lot of fans is actually one that you played this past season. It's the offensive line. A lot of people are curious about this offensive line. Um, For those of us that have never played football, specifically the offensive line, um, can you break down and explain what it's like having to replace two guys there and what do you expect
1: out of the offensive line this season? Um, I just expect them to be a, a lot better than what we was last year. Um yeah. me being converted from tight end and not taking as many snaps at left tackle before entering last season, um, you, you know, it was confusing at times, and there was some times where, and, you know, I was thinking too much and stuff like that. But Elton Jenkins and um, Deion Cal- Calhoun, they did a wonderful job of coming in when I struggled or when Justin Malone struggled. They did a wonderful job of coming in. And getting those snaps in those big time games. So it's kinda almost like L. Jenkins and uh, Deion Calhoun, they have played a lot of snaps last year. So it's not like okay. they have two 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 positions that nobody have took any snaps in. So in my eyes and and how I think that they should look at it as is that they returning five five starters. They might lose um two guys, but to me, L Jenkins and Deion Cal- Calhoun played a lot of snaps last year, so they have the experience uh, from going into to training camp. They started off slow, but they picked it up at the end, which we always do as an offensive yeah. line. Because, you know, it's a whole bunch of stuff of communicating of who of who has who and, you know, what they're going to do or stuff like that. It's a lot of communication goes on on the offensive line. A lot of chatter goes on. So I feel like uh, – that they should be comfortable because they have done it before and this is not the first season that they like this is not a brand new offensive line to me and my eyes because it was a lot of games that I got hurt in and um, Justin Malone had to go in and Ellen Jenkins had to go in and and Deion Calhoun had to go in so to me the expectations for them should be much higher than what it was last year because because they have that experience yeah that makes sense.
0: Um, another guy that some people are talking about a little bit, Martinez Rankin. How does he fit into that offensive line, trying to find you know, two guys there, but you have really three guys with Jenkins, uh, Rankin, and Calhoun. What do you think the starting you – know, how does the offensive line play out? Will it be the same starting five? Will there be some shuffling in and out throughout the season? What does the offensive line look like at the start of the season and then at the end of the season?
1: Um, I think that at the beginning of the season, I think that it's going to be a whole lot of shuffling around, just trying to get guys and and spots that they're comfortable with, and a, and a guy like Martinez Rankin, who could, who, who can play the left tackle as well as well as he played the right tackle. I think Headley would use him in a lot of situations where he's able to get on the on on the field and give somebody a breather. But to me, in my eyes, they legit have seven guys on the offensive line that can come in yeah. and that can rotate in, in, in and out. Now, later on in the season when we started to, to get more into the um, SEC play, I mean, Hempsey might have something that's uh, steel, like something that's rock solid with just five guys. But I honestly think yeah. what he did in the 2014 season was he had the five starters, which was Blaine and Day and those guys, But but he rotated – guys like me, um, Devin, Duffer, and Jamal Clayborne in at times, you know, just to keep us fresh and just to keep us, you know, because you never know when you're going to need those those guys. So it's definitely going to be some shuffling around probably the first three, four games of the season until something's um, settled and something's, you know, comfortable.
0: Okay. Now let's switch over to the other position that you played your Mississippi State career. Uh, the tight end position. What's going on yeah. there? You know, Justin Johnson, he's a sophomore. He's a young guy, but he's expected to be the leader for this group. What do we look at at the tight end position
1: here? Um, we're definitely young. I can say that. When um, Gus got hurt, I mean, it was a blow to the team. Um, not to the yeah. team, but to that position. And um, But Justin took over um, after that Arkansas game. I saw a lot of Leadership in justin like at practices and you know doing drills and stuff like that, and even when I showed up at spring, you know he was that vocal that that vocal guy, and I think that he's gonna have to lead this season in order for the tight end position to you know be great because we have athletes in that position that can make plays like guys like justin um guys like Ferraard. Those guys, like they can actually make plays. And to me, I yeah. I talked to um Justin and I told Justin in in a couple years, if you work hard at it, you'll you will be the next Malcolm Johnson. You know, okay. that guy that can yeah. they that guy that can block, he can catch, he can do it he can do it all. And he showed a little bit of that last year um at the first beginning of the season against Southern and he made a lot of big plays throughout the season, but he but he didn't get as many snaps. So, for me, he has to mature enough to go from playing six to seven, maybe 10 snaps a game, to playing 40 to 50 snaps a, a game. And that's going to be his biggest thing is will he be able to handle that? Will he be able to handle the jump from 10 snaps a game to 50 snaps a game and still be able to lead that position because we're so young at that position and he's the only one to have any game experience. So he has to step up to the, to the plate. Now there's another position
0: on the offense that similarly very deep, like the tight end position, but, you know, a lot of youth at it. And that's the wide receiver position. You got Fred Ross, you got Gabe Miles, oh, Thomas Ray. but what, oh, do what do you expect? What do you – what
1: is this? I mean, what do you expect out of the receivers this year? when you bring up the receivers, like only thing I have to do is just put a smile on my face because I think honestly, and people can argue with me about it, I think honestly we have the best receiver core in the SEC this year. Because really? I feel like yeah right now I'm taking a huge step but I say I say <laughs> that because I say that because when you have play when you have playmakers like Fred Ross, like Gabe Miles, like Donna Gray and Donald Gray is still is still fresh now. He he didn't play yeah. a bunch last year, so we yeah. didn't get to see all that he can that he can do. But he's gonna have to play well this year. And I think that their receiving core, even without um Bear or you know without Fred Brown, they can make a lot of plays. And Damien or Nick Fijer or whoever in that quarterback has to has to feed those has to feed those guys. Have they, yeah. they? They have to because Fred Ross is a freak athlete. Donald Gray is a freak athlete. I've seen Donald Gray make catches that I have never seen anybody make. And Gabe Miles and Malik Deer and um, those guys, man, they just all fast and they are playmakers and they make plays. And for us to be successful, for us to be successful this year, they have to make plays when it counts, when it matters. They got to help the quarterback now because you don't have Dak back there no more. So you have to yeah. help out. Who's ever playing quarterback, you have to help them out by making plays. Okay.
0: What kind of season do you expect Fred Ross to have this year? Do you think he gets over 1,000 yards again? Like, where do you expect him to end up stat-wise this season?
1: Oh, easily. Easily. 1,000. Easily. Over 1,000. Easily. Easily. Because last year, he – Last year, he shared a lot of receptions with Bear, and uh, yeah, I think that him being that main guy like Bear was, I think that he can make a lot of more plays, a lot of okay. more plays because he's because once Fred gets the ball in his hands, he's dangerous, and everybody yeah, in well, the NFC knows that. Everybody knows that. We, so I, we saw so, that I, against so Arkansas. Yeah. Oh. What's that?
0: Oh, I was just saying we saw that against Arkansas specifically. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. And so. he's a possession receiver. I mean, it's, it's it's rare. I mean, I don't remember him dropping a pass. He might okay. have, but I don't recall yeah. him dropping a pass because that's just the type of guy that Fred is. And he have to make plays. And, and he's the leader of their receiver group. And once he gets high, you're going to see – it's going to be like a um, trend. Once he gets hot, Donald Gray is going to get hot. Gay Miles is going to get hot. You're going to give Malik a, a couple of catches. And every that receiver core, that receiver group has to feed off of Fred Ross. In order okay. to be successful. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Let's switch gears even more here. Let's go over to the defense. Yeah, this mm-hmm. front seven that we're looking at this season – uh, with Peter Sermon, like, the front seven looks loaded. Uh, you got guys like Richie Brown, A.J. Jefferson, Gary Green, Jeffrey Simmons. Like, this front seven looks to be just huge. What do you expect out of the front seven? Will it be better than last year? Um, you know, we're losing Chris Jones,
1: but what do you think that this front seven can do? Um, honestly, I think that this front seven can be um Trouble. To other teams okay. because we yeah. because we okay. have guys on their defensive line like AJ Jefferson, like Nelson Adams, Jeffrey Simmons, those guys they just disrupt any and everything. And um, yeah. Coach Thurman, yeah. man, he's he's a smart guy. I I've, I've been to practices and I've seen you know the schemes that he's putting together and and he's putting guys in position to make plays. And when you have guys like Richie Brown and um um gary green those fast linebackers that uh, they can stick their nose down in the um line but can also cover i mean you can't ask for a better front seven than that and i and okay. i just think we that we as a defense is going to cause a lot of problems a lot of problems for a lot of people
0: do you think early on, with there being some confusion about the quarterback position, do you think that the defense will be carrying the offense early on, or do you think the offense is going to surprise some folks, including myself?
1: Um, I think with the recent injuries to the defense, I think that the defense yeah. is going to have to feed off the offense. I think that the offense is going to have to spark up the defense at times because we just had exactly. two, I mean, major major blows to our second to our secondary. So I think that. Yeah the um, offense is going to have to spark the defense because um, we just it's – it's, it's, it's a lack of depth on the defense now because of injuries, and um, they just have to get the defense going. But once the defense gets going, I mean, it's going to be trouble. Okay. So let's switch gears completely. Stop
0: looking at the uh, the various position groups and such, and let's look at the schedule this year. Let's talk about yes. your expectations for this team. What What is the overall expectations game by game, starting with South Alabama?
1: Well, I think South Alabama is going to be uh, uh, not – I don't want to call it a warm-up game, but yeah. a test run for the offense and for the defense. And because South Alabama is not a pushover team um, – and, and we learned that a couple of years ago when we went down there to play them that they're they're they they are not going to just roll over and just take it. So we have to yeah. um, play up to with relentless effort, and we have to go 100 miles per hour, and we just have to take this first game and use it as a game to get comfortable with each other and get the young guys snaps, so the so the young guys can know how to play in real life games and not just scrimmages or practice and stuff like that. And, and, and South Alabama is going to help us go into next week, which is South um, Carolina, the first SEC game. Yeah. It's going to be tough, but you know we're at home. And correct. Yeah. It's going to be an even bigger test. And the way that the SEC schedules work is every week you playing somebody that's just as good as who you played last week. So, I think when yeah. we get into the SEC play like South Carolina, then we have LSU, we have to perform high at those games. Now, I honestly think and I honestly know that we can beat South Carolina and turn around and beat LSU at Death Valley because of teams that we have. We have a lot of fresh players, players. Um, a lot of players that have played snaps and know and and know how to play in big time games. Uh, and then So I, let me get this straight. Years. You're you're saying we start out the season three and zero,
0: oh, As a business and favorite. as a former player, I think we can go
1: through I, <laughs> I okay. think we can go three and zero. Oh. Now I say that, that, that because that then, now, I know I know going into LSU is gonna to be tough because you 'cause you're going down to Death Valley, but let's re let's yeah. rewind and let's and let's go back to last year against LSU. The first half okay. we were slow as ever. I mean slow as ever. Probably a bad first half for an offensively yeah. and a defensively. If we go yeah. into Death Valley and we play LSU the way that we played LSU in the second half of that game last year, I think that there's a huge chance that we can beat LSU at Death Valley again because okay. that second, because that second, that second half of the LSU game, the offense clicked so well that we was yeah. unstoppable. Like literally, we yeah. was unstoppable because we had it needed guys a few more all, minutes. Yeah, right. right okay. I, I mean, you can give us another ten seconds, I mean, we easily win. <laughs> easily, all right. Yeah, I, I love the enthusiasm here man. I
0: love it. Um and then I'm assuming you're gonna predict a win at UMass. I I think everybody's predicting a win at UMass, right? Oh yeah, easily. Okay. Then moving down to Auburn. What do you think mm-hmm. of this
1: Auburn team this year? Um Auburn both definitely lost a lot of a lot of players on defense. Um they yeah. lost a ton of guys on um, offense. And coming down to Davis-Wade, I mean, I don't see them taking it in Davis-Wade. I think that we can definitely win at home against Auburn. We have done it two years in a row. Um, So, and then after playing UMass, you you know, if we have the business in UMass, we can get a lot of guys rested up for Auburn. Yeah. I think that if if we have the business at UMass, and we get those guys that play a lot some rest towards the end of the game and have them fresh for next week. I, I think we beat Auburn, too. Okay. Stadium. Yeah.
0: Then there's a pretty tricky game coming up. It's against BYU and Provo, Utah. Like BYU is yeah. not a perennial program. They're not an all-time great program, but they're typically pretty good. What do you think about this BYU game? I think
1: it's gonna to be tough. Honestly. Yeah. I think that it's gonna to be tough for both for both teams and especially for us going into a hospital environment. And we it's kinda of hard to um say because BYU have beaten teams, I mean big time programs before. Yeah. And with us on the schedule they're they are gonna be looking to beat us, to beat the crap out of us. So I think that mm-hmm. uh that B that BYU game, I can't say honestly if we're gonna win or if, if we're gonna lose because that's gonna be a tough game. It, it's definitely gonna be a tough game for both sides. Okay.
0: Um, looking at Kentucky, you know Dan Mullins never lost to Kentucky. They typically play State pretty tough. Last year they kind of just rolled over. Um, just side question: Is this the year that Mark Stoops gets fired at Kentucky? Ah.
1: Uh, I think so. I think so. You think so? I yeah. Think so. Okay. I think so. And and especially after back on the topic. season that they had last year. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I think so. Okay. But most definitely, we have to handle our business down in Kentucky. I mean, we we always come into Kentucky knowing that it's going to be a, a a game because I mean a tough game because they already picked to lose against us every every time that they play us. So yeah. they always come in with a chip on their shoulder and we have I I mean since I've been here we have beat um, Kentucky. Um and I think that the coaches that they ever gotten to us was um back when we was number 1 uh back in 2014 they played us real hard and I think last year yeah. they just you know they just fell they just fell off so if we go in and have our business and not look at them as a pushover, I mean, we definitely can take Kentucky easily. Okay. And then, you know, Sanford should
0: be an easy win, correct?
1: Right. That's a that's a W. And it's homecoming. Okay. So, so it's, it's like, you have to have the business at, home, at homecoming. Yeah. To.
0: Okay. So let's pause here for a second. You're saying state can be anywhere from six and two to eight and zero heading into November.
1: Correct. I think so. If okay, if they play like if they play like I know that them guys can play. If the defense fly yeah. around like I know that the that defense can fly around, and we get our situation, our quarterback situation, just um, and cement and and just play it, then I honestly think that we could do that. Because there's a lot of people that's picking us not even to go to a bowl game, but they oh, there's a lot it. of people yeah, yeah but but if you look at the past years, I mean they basically do that every single year, last year they picked us yep. um to go six and six and six, and we and we won last nine, in the yeah nine yeah, then yeah. the year that we went number one, they actually picked us um not to even make a bowl game, yep. So honestly, honestly, I just I know how Mississippi State program, how we run things around there, what type of effort that we give, and I think that yeah. with the defense coming along, like the like the defense is playing so much better than they than they did last year, honestly. Okay. And the defense is going to have to, and the defense is going to, is going to have to help us. And the offense yeah. is going to have to be on all syllables. Like, we have to get the ball into playmakers' hand, And I think Mullen will do a great job of giving, uh, getting, getting the ball to guys like Fred Ross, guys like Brandon Holloway and those guys. Let them guys get into the overfield. Let them guys make, make plays like they always do.
0: Okay. That sounds good to me. I think State's going to be 7-1 and one at this point with the one loss being LSU, just because it's LSU okay. and they could win the national title. Um I just don't know how good they're going to be. But as we look ahead, really getting into a loaded November, uh starting off at home against Texas a and m What do you think of the Aggies' situation this year? What do you think about State's chances against the Aggies?
1: Um it's most definitely going to have to be a defensive game. Um okay, I think that our defense is is going to have to hold their offense and I think that they they they, they defense when we're on offense, I think that the that, that the thing is that's going to have to separate us is the offensive line. I think that the offensive line has to handle their front four on their defensive yeah. line to give the quarterback time to make plays. Because if you watch last year's game when when Dak had had time, I mean, yeah, he made he he can make throws just like Nick Fitzgerald can, just like Damian Williams can. If you give those those boys time. That they can make plays all down the field, and I think it's going to come down to whose defense will play better. To me,
0: okay. because
1: our defense is solid, Texas A&M defense is solid, and you have two high power offenses going up against each other. It's going to be a defensive game. Okay.
0: Then Saturday, November twelfth is a date that a lot of people have circled. It's at Alabama State. Could be anywhere from you know six and. 3-9-0 to and 0, <laughs> Potentially What uh-huh. about Alabama
1: This year in Tuscaloosa It's going to It's going to be tough Now I say that yeah. But Alabama isn't the same team That we've been seeing for the past couple of years Either now They have lost a lot okay. of players on defense They've lost a ton of players on um, offense And they Sitting there like us right now Trying to figure out who's going to be the starting quarterback so to me I think that <laughs> yeah. that this is this is honestly the year that I think that we can go into Tuscaloosa and handle and handle business because this isn't the national championship Alabama team from last year and everybody knows that. Yeah. And and I think that their defense is 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 not gonna be as good as it was last year. And their offense, for okay. sure, it's not going to be as good as as they was last year because they lost a couple good offensive linemen, they lost a wonderful quarterback, they lost, I mean, a heck of a running a heck of a running back. Yeah. So yeah. So everything at Bama is slowed down a little bit for us to catch up with them and get it. And I always think that we're going to go in and to and play those boys hard,
0: dude. That. I love the sound of that. My sister went to Alabama, graduated from there. So I've been hoping and praying for a win against Alabama for a couple of years now. If that happens, <laughs> I'd be ecstatic. Oh, um,
1: I would be I would be wonderful. My girlfriend's brother is actually Reggie Ragland. That's my girlfriend's brother.
0: <laughs> and,
1: oh man! And I would love to go oh. home for Christmas to her house and just rub it in his face. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that'd be awesome.
1: That'd be perfect.
0: (laughs) Oh, Um, Then coming home from Alabama, hosting Arkansas. Arkansas last year, that game was just insane. I didn't know what I was watching. It was one of the greatest games I've ever seen, one of my favorite games ever. What about this year's Arkansas team? They lost a lot in pretty much their entire offense. Still, people are really high on the hogs. What do you think? Of Arkansas this year and state's chances against them.
1: Well, I wrote a W by it because, okay. like you said, Arkansas lost a ton of players, and I think that they're not going to be as good as they was last year. Now, last year they was they start they started off slow, but towards the end of the season they picked it up. Oh um, yeah, with Arkansas defense being so conservative, like they like they defense really just. Um, Sit there basically, and they gonna play you man, and they gonna man up the receivers. And I think that with our receiver core, they gonna win one on one matchups like you saw last year. I mean, Fred Ross and uh, Bear tore up the field because they was playing a, a yeah. ton of man. So, you know, I just wrote a W by that because you coming down to Starkville, with, and hopefully, if we beat Bama all yeah. the momentum that's going to be in Starkville that next week. I mean, it's going to oh, be it's crazy be insane. Yeah. Yeah. Most honestly, like, most definitely I just think that it, that we have to have the business in Alabama and if we go to Starkville the next week with the wind coming from Alabama, then yeah. it's going to be a shutout. I think it's going to be a shutout. <laughs> oh,
0: That would be beautiful. Too much momentum. Too oh, much man.
1: momentum. Too much momentum. Okay,
0: so assuming state is carrying all of this momentum, let's look at the final game of the year. This is obviously the biggest year, the biggest game of the year for Mississippi State. It's the Egg Bowl, the battle for the golden egg.
1: What What do you see happening here? We don't lose to Ole Miss. We don't. Oh, and oh man, I we don't lose. Oh. And okay. Week, Last year tore a hole in my heart. I still have a hole in my heart. Like, I still have, like, nightmares. Like, I'm not kidding. I still dream yeah. at night, you know. And quite honestly, we can we can go um, 0-11. 0-11. Yeah. But we have to take that game. And I think that yeah, we owe this state too much because it's been – a whole year with that trophy over in in that town, whatever town that is, what is it, Oxford. <laughs> it's been in Oxford. And oh, to man. me, I mean, man, I cried my eyes out because I couldn't be on the field and I'm not saying like if I could have been on the field we could win. I'm not saying that. But yeah. to see to see the whole stadium just go quiet and watch them run around the field with the trophy. I mean, I like oh, man. If they don't if they don't have a chip on their shoulder, if they don't have a chip on their shoulder going into their game, watching that last, yeah. last year, I mean, so I, I mean, if we don't have a chip on our shoulder, we might well just give it all up. Because yeah. we shouldn't lose to old like we should not lose to old Miss. Now they have a good program. I'm not i I mean, I'm not going to say that they just horrible. They have a good football team. I mean, Chad Kelly. I mean, he's a great quarterback. Uh, they have uh, they lost a lot of defensive players, but they had a solid defense last year. And I think yeah. with everybody from basically everybody from the defense is gone, and they lost a lot of offensive linemen. They lost a lot of uh, receivers. I think that we should that we should handle that and handle it with ease and Oxford. And we should run around the field with the trophy in Oxford.
0: Man, that, that would be a beautiful year. Man, I, I really hope you're right about these predictions here. I really do. Um, you know, and let's, let's start to wrap things up here. The time allotment is slowly running down. Um, let's get back to talking about you. What is the most missed thing for you about football? What do you miss most about it? What do you miss most about the culture and such?
1: I just I just miss Saturdays, man. Honestly. Saturdays. I just I just miss Saturdays, man. The whole preparation, um preparation, the whole dog walk experience, going into the stadium, going under the lights and playing, that's what I miss the most. I just miss miss being out there. Now I'm a coach now. Cause yeah. I like I just couldn't I was telling my coach, my um, head coach is Chris Pilkle. I was telling him I just couldn't go cold turkey. Like, I couldn't play football at Mississippi State then the next year. Like, don't be around football at all. A person like yeah. me, I love X's and O's. I, I just love the the game. I'm passionate about the game. So I came to coach because I just couldn't be around football. And I think that's, that's what I miss the most is just being around football, like being around players and actually being – on the field on Saturday night because it's nothing like playing under the lights, man, on Saturday night in Dave's way. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's nothing like it. like when I get married. I'm pretty sure the, they're gonna ask me, "Is this your best day ever?" I'm say, "No, it's not my, my, best day ever. <laughs> my best day ever. My best day ever oh, in my whole football career was when we beat Auburn in Starkville a couple years ago. Oh, that has been my best day not. ever." I probably was that the
0: made man in the It was. Yeah. Dude, it's been an honor having you on the show. Love this. If you ever want to come back, you are more than welcome. Um, I've really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed talking to you. You know, if you ever get out of coaching, you probably have a solid career in sports media of some sort, <laughs> or radio, whatever. You are an awesome dude. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, man.
1: All right, man. appreciate you for having me, man.
0: Yeah, have a good one. All right, man, you you too. Hail State. Yeah, Hail State. The entire show this evening, folks, thanks for listening in. This has been For Whom the Podcast Tolls with Ethan Lee. Um, I am Ethan Lee. That was Rufus Warren. I'd love to get him back on the show sometime, like I just said. And that's pretty much it. Stay hashtag very quality. Thanks for listening in, folks. Have a good evening.